1: is on the block with Strick and Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three, and you're going to go out of here as the Big 8
2: permanent champion.
1: Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Happy Friday. We have made it. We are here. Two hours to go here for On the Block. Then we've got old school and we're off into our weekend here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I'm Austin Norman, seated to my left. The nine-year NBA vet, the Husker. Wait a minute.
2: (laughs) I fell for it. You look too similar. You, no, just kidding. No, no, no. Maybe nine-year uh, ticket vet. I think I'm coming up on that. But <laughs> there you not, go. Yeah, but not, uh, Which not, is more
1: impressive, not really. too to much in the Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: That's funny. I'm Austin Norman. He's Jake Bachoven. Basically bringing your Nebraska men's basketball postgame show. That's right. To an earlier time slot. So make sure after every Nebraska men's basketball game, you stay tuned. Uh, Box always there. I'm typically tapping in. Maybe get Strick here and there uh, if he's ever back in town or, you know watching the games the same night, but <laughs> busy guy. you know, he's yeah. got stuff going on. He's uh, traveling right now. He should be back uh, for the Michigan state game on Sunday. We'll keep you posted on that. Big thanks to Mary Ellen's food for the soul for sponsoring our show. Again, two to four weekdays here on 937 seven, the ticket and the Ticketfm.com. busy show lined up for you guys today. We'll start off with some college basketball But I want to get this thought percolating in your mind, Bach, and also for any listeners out there. Who are the building blocks for Husker football on offense, defense, even throw in special teams if you want to? Who are the guys that if they were to transfer out, Nebraska would say that's a big loss? We were depending on having them. We saw a bright future for them. That's going to be our conversation in the three o'clock hour. 402-464-5685 is the uh, Sarder-Hammond text line, Honda of Lincoln Hotline, if you have those thoughts. Also, feel free to drop a comment on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Also, big thanks to Aloe for sponsoring Channel 951. All right, Buck, let's get into some basketball news. Before we talk a little, Nebraska-Michigan State, a really bizarre situation Coming out of the Little Apple, out of Manhattan. Notable because Nebraska will play there a week from Sunday um, down in Manhattan against Kansas State. player by the name of Naquan Tomlin hadn't played this year for Kansas State. And it was just yesterday, I believe, that he got kicked off of Kansas State's team. Or just yesterday that there were statements from not only head coach Jerome Tang, uh, but also athletic director Gene Taylor and the school president. We don't know exactly what happened. Fran Fraschilla had some thoughts that he tweeted out there that Kansas State fans didn't necessarily want to hear or like. So you hope it's nothing overly serious. You hope that if there is something you know bad going on, that the, the resolution that needs to happen happens. But without knowing anything going on you know legally or extra-legally, the fascinating part of this from a basketball standpoint, and really a college athletics standpoint, is we might have our first true like waiver-wire edition. Naquan Tomlin is set to graduate from Kansas State and he can enter the transfer portal and play right away as a graduate
2: transfer, he could join a team at midseason. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting. And, and for those that don't know, he was the third leading scorer last year. Obviously, Keontae Johnson and Marquis now, <laughs> uh, now moved on after Kansas State. Very good players. But for Tomlin to you know not have played this year, maybe won't affect Kansas State too much. They're, you know Obviously, maybe at some point, hoping that he could return to the team. Um, but if they... Kind of I mean, if they arrived at this point, I don't think it's a shock within the Kansas State athletic department that they are where they are, unless there was just some new news entering into the discussion um, but again, just because of <laughs> what's the dealings on it's kind of hard to just speculate on what's going on there, but yeah, I mean this is a this is a guy that obviously the Kansas State made a big run last year, he was a key part to that team. That would be very interesting. Um, obviously, obviously, with Nebraska playing them in a couple of weeks that, that or, or in a couple of game, games, that um, throws into the discussion. But um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess it's, I guess it's somewhat fair. Again, I, I was kind of arguing with this about and Damak and Sue. Obviously, a different sport, but just mm-hmm. to be able to just jump in go on a playoff run, is that necessarily fair? I know it's within the rules of the NFL. That's what I'm mm-hmm. asking. I'm asking, is it fair Spirit to be Spirit of to the get... law versus letter of the law. Right, right, right. And, and so, you know, kind of a similar thing maybe could go on with Tomlin if he's allowed to join a team after starting the very same season on the same team— on a different team, excuse me. To me, it's different
1: for Sue because he is a professional, and I think especially with the Eagles, who he's already joined at midseason, he's pretty familiar with a lot of that personnel. New DC, I know— but he's a smart enough football player, seen enough. I think it's easy to integrate him. I don't know, you know, Naquan Tomlin from Adam, anything about the young man other than what I can read on his, you know, bio and yeah. his stats page. But we see in college basketball, at least pre-transfer portal immediate eligibility, is that sometimes like in the case of a Derek Walker, a guy would have to sit out for a half a season. Isaac Copeland did mm-hmm. that at Nebraska as well. So it's one thing to integrate a guy into your team at midseason It's another to add a player to your team at midseason. He hasn't learned the system, doesn't have summer ball in fall camp with this team. He's a talented player, maybe not the best shooter, but shoots 50% inside the arc. Like you said, the third leading scorer on a team that made it into the second weekend of March Madness. That's a piece I think a lot of coaches would be able to talk themselves into finding a spot on their roster for now. That's a tough conversation to have if you have to kick someone off scholarship. Maybe you make him walk on and that's kind of his, you know, penance to a degree, maybe, is he has to pay his own way to be able to play basketball. I don't know, Buck, I don't know if I, as a coach, would be fully comfortable integrating a guy that way in midseason, but maybe someone that just thinks they can take a chance on the talent says, yeah, sure, come, we'll take
2: you. Yeah, I wonder too. I mean, I I think you're right. It just has to be the right fit. I mean, at Nebraska, I don't know if you'd be looking for that. There's In in most schools, I I think maybe the power five type of level. Mm -hmm. I know that's more of a football term, but, um, you know, those major conferences, I I, mean, because you're right. There's a lot of egos. There's a lot of personalities that you're dealing with there. If he you would just kind of have to think of of where you are, you'd almost have to be somewhat desperate Mm -hmm. to try to bring him in. Um, Maybe a coach that's on the hot seat needs a big year. Things haven't started off well, that sort of situation. Maybe you could see it, it playing in there. Or you know, at a at a place where you, just where he played at that level of Kansas State, being the third leading scorer, you know, he could be a big coup for somebody that's mm-hmm. yeah, a mid major, you know, looking for a guy that could come in and not just be part of the team, but maybe be your best player or one of your key figures right away. So maybe you could see that kind of playing into uh, to, to, to this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where it goes, um, and 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 certainly it was. I don't know. I don't know if it was expected to be resolved before Nebraska necessarily. Um, it wasn't trending in the right direction, obviously, in the last couple of days. Um, so, it it again, it, as far as the Nebraska part of it, I just don't think that it, it particularly matters too much. Um, other than what would have been, I guess, the worst case scenario for Nebraska, is it was uh, he was deemed eligible, at, you know, out of the gate. But then, even still, he's integrating to the team. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is just what we saw against Minnesota last night. They lost, their, you know, the last game out. They lost their leading scorer. Like some of these things uh, that you would think would be a big benefit for Nebraska it doesn't always turn out that way, one way or the other. But um, again, I don't think this hurts the current Kansas State team because they've been playing without him. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. And we'll see what Kansas State looks
1: like. Definitely not as good right now as they were last year. I think Jerome Tang's a good coach. I think he more than deserved that shot. I'm glad to see it. a really good dude have success year one at Kansas State, even though it did mean a you know surprisingly resounding victory over Nebraska it made more sense by the end of the year than it did back in December. But let's turn our attention to this Nebraska men's basketball team here, Bach. It's hard to say this is a season-defining game for Nebraska. They're not going to be favored against a fringe top 25 team in Michigan State that was ranked in the top 5 or top 10 to begin the year. This is a game that both teams need desperately. I cannot emphasize desperately enough. Nebraska has looked bad against two of the three high-major teams it's played now, and Oregon State barely qualifies as a (laughs) high-major team. Uh, Michigan State did essentially what Minnesota did to Nebraska last year on this very court. It was later in the year, of course, toward the end of the regular season. But Michigan State's 4-4 four and four overall. They lost their conference opener to Wisconsin, who looks better than I gave them credit for coming into the year. My jury's still out on Wisconsin. But a top-10 team starting the year out 4-4 four and four with all the experience that Michigan State had returning. And then, of course, Nebraska, who, yes, had that 7-0 runway that Strick and I have talked a lot about how it was good for this team to build confidence, but it's kind of soul-searching right now. Just in terms of the intangibles, is this a bigger game for Nebraska? Michigan State, is it equal?
2: Uh... You know, I guess this reminds me of just kind of who's the basketball school. I think it's bigger for (laughs) Michigan State because of the pressure that's going to be applied there, Tom. Is though like if if Nebraska loses to Michigan State, yes, Michigan State's down, but it's not altogether unexpected, right? Sure. Um, it so it's it while it would be frustrating, Nebraska does need the victory. Feels like there there's still time to correct what what should have been a victory against Minnesota. Um, you don't necessarily have to get that out of the way by getting an upset here against Michigan State, uh, and and just the reverse of that, where Michigan State is not doing well. Now they have played you know played Arizona a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. to six points. I mean that's the number one team in the country, so it's not like they totally just you know aren't, aren't, aren't can't play or anything. You got the most important game. What's that? They lost to Duke. Well, the The Duke game, the Duke game, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But you know, and that's 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 the context of some of this is three of their four losses are to ranked teams right now. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, at Michigan State, that's not an excuse. I, (laughs) I think you would be getting you know crossing that line for Michigan State and Sparty of you know, this is a bad start, but you know, it's and and you know, into, Oh no, we just lost to a team that lost to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where Nebraska is right now. And it's frustrating because Nebraska coming into the year, I know the media, you know, didn't pick them as high as some of us locals would like to think that they should have been. And then it takes one game into the big 10 to you go, Oh yeah, they're probably right. <laughs> Nebraska has to prove it before we should buy into it. And that's mm-hmm. where Nebraska is. But again, how about a chance at redemption? How about a chance to immediately, um, pretty much erase that Minnesota loss, not completely from history. It, it's you know it's a long season whether you get this win or not. Mm-hmm. But if you can if you can split Big Ten one and one before you get your little break and get back into Big Ten play here in January, that's where you kind of expect it to be. Um, you know if if it's a home and away, you know it's it it all would would work out. But mm-hmm. all that being said, I don't necessarily expect it.
1: I'm with you. Let's turn our attention to something Fred Hoiberg said in his press conference today. He says, "quote We're not physical enough right now. That's what it boils down to." I'd love to give you ten reasons why, but that's it. You've got to be more physical. You have to take more pride in it. You have to get sick of getting punked at some point. Love that from Coach Hoiberg. Being physical obviously means rebounding. That's where Minnesota took advantage of it. But even in terms of setting and fighting over screens on either offense or defense and exposed that flaw for Nebraska, that they're not necessarily a great screening team.
2: McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, rubble. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran
3: away. Brabble. Now get a Big Mac or Double Cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid at one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. ba da
1: maybe not the most athletic team in the conference. So yes, I do think Nebraska needs to have more of that, that edge that comes with being more physical, but I don't think this Nebraska team is a physical team, not a bruising team. Maybe there's more in mass. Maybe there's more in Alec. Maybe there's more in Gary potentially, but I think other teams in the big 10 are still going to be stronger than Nebraska and more athletic than Nebraska, which to me, Bach makes two things paramount ball movement in shooting. If you're not going to be able to to bang down low with some of the big bodies or even on the perimeter you're getting hand checked and not being able to you know get your first step past guys, you need to be in sync as a team, everyone in the right spot at the right time, and you got to shoot. You got to shoot the ball well. That's how you overcome those. You trade twos on offensive rebounds and and stickbacks for threes on the other end. Nebraska is not shooting well enough. Nebraska is not moving crisply enough. Crisply is not crisp enough on off
2: Shout out JD Crisp. Yes,
1: I love JD Crisp, I guess. Um, Coco <laughs> Crisp is really my know. guy. Coco
2: Crisp, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can both agree on that. Yeah. I mean, um, you got the Kansas City shirt on. I got the Boston shirt on. Coco Crisp, guys. Big shit, any yeah. Any A's fans <laughs> around here can come join us. Right. <laughs> Big
1: <laughs> shouts, Coco Crisp. But I don't necessarily think Nebraska needs to be more physical as long as it's going to shoot the ball better. Because I don't think Nebraska has the bodies to match up with just how tough, physical, strong, athletic the rest of the Big Ten is. So that's where Nebraska needs to find its niche. Why can't Nebraska lean into being Iowa? Like, yeah, I know fans want to see more defense. You don't want to go quite that extreme. But Nebraska's advantage over most of these Big Ten teams is going to be skill, is going to be perimeter, more so than interior. So you need to be physical enough but I think you also just have to move the ball better and shoot better to negate some of your limitations in that area.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Nebraska doesn't have the most physical roster, but in order to you know combat the physicality of the other teams, they need to optimize the physicality you know the physicality that they do have, <laughs> and that's going to be mostly among your you know your forwards, your centers, um, your bigs, guys that go in there, like you said, Gary. Um, so I. I mean, I, but I, I do kind of go back to something you said in the post game show, which is like, what is Nebraska's strength? Like, you know, and it, you can kind of try to think, you know, you can throw a lot of bodies at people, but if some of your bodies are, you know, two-year bench guys aren't scoring a point in the game, then how much is it really helping? Um, they can shoot, but at the same time, you know, 32% from beyond the arc feels like a lot of Hoiberg teams where we kind of say that at times and they can get mm-hmm. hot, but ultimately, you know, you got to get to 34 Four, thirty-five percent from beyond the arc? Thirty-six, thirty-seven at a minimum, yeah. which
1: is where Nebraska was the first few games. They were right. at that thirty-five and a half, thirty-six and a half percent mark. And that's 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 a bare minimum for me. I think for Nebraska to have taken that next step into legit NCAA tournament consideration, which obviously there's still time for. We're not gonna write it off after, you know, one conference game. Yeah. But Nebraska needs to be not just a good shooting team, but a really good shooting team, you know, and that's 37, 38 percent. You'll have to lead the nation and be up at, you know, 40, 41, 42 if you're there, Great. But I think 37, 38 is enough. 35, 36 is kind of the bare minimum for a team that plays the style it seems like Nebraska is going to have to.
2: Yeah, but I, I mean, <laughs> I agree with you. The problem is, that, you know, they've just had so many Hoiberg teams that you you're hoping and, and feel mm-hmm. like there's enough shooters to get there. And they're always finishing 32, 33%. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it needs to get better. They need to shoot better. You got to find different ways to get guys going. Um, but I'm really interested too, in kind of the Bryce Williams takeover of, of the first half. Uh, obviously this past game against Minnesota completely couldn't get it done. In the second half started to get frustrated, getting his own fouls and getting his own way there. Um, but um, I, I, like you, feel like that he could be the leading scorer of this team, that he's going to have to be the guy that kind of takes that spot and that Tamanaga is kind of better as a, a secondary option that, you know, on certain nights is going to go off and, and mm-hmm. get you, you know, lead your team in scoring. But I, I, I think he's got to develop into that and and kind of know where that is because there are other games you know the, the game before it gets great he took six shots mm-hmm. like I, I think Bryce Williams as as this team's getting enough into the season to understand identify those roles he's got to realize he's got to be 13 14 and above night in and night out and going to be a key piece to what the what the defense is going to uh, you know tone in on because he's he is a three level scorer mm-hmm. not fantastic at every level but he he, he is a guy that should be able to get a bucket here and there if they need him to. And that's something <laughs> that they really have had trouble going to these last two games is when they need a bucket, it's like they've been sharing their responsibility to kind of find that guy. Who is it? And nobody's hitting it. And <laughs> so they just kind of keep moving to the next guy. They haven't had that that person to step up and, and make that big shot to stop the run, uh, stop the bleeding, Put a couple buckets together and say, hey, we're we're right in this game, even Mm -hmm. though it hasn't gone our way the last couple minutes.
1: Bryce Williams was well on his way to his first thirty point game. I said he was going to get thirty at least a couple times this year for Nebraska before the year. Thought I was looking, you know, at least on pace for that prediction before the wheels fell off for not just him, but everyone on Nebraska there, especially early in that second half, and they could just never, you know, get that replacement set of tires. Bach, I don't have a good feeling about Sunday. I want to give Nebraska a chance. I don't think they're as bad as these last two games have shown. I think they're going to come out motivated and ready to play. I just hate this matchup. I think Sissoko is an athletic big that can run the floor pretty well. I think that Malik Hall um, can go off at any point in time. They have some really good athletes behind those two guys in the post. But it boils down to guard play for me. We we talked about Nebraska's guard depth, but I don't think anyone on Nebraska's roster is as good as either Hogard or Walker. And both guys are still there. They're both studs that know how to shoot the basketball, that know how to get to their spots, that can pass it, defend at a high enough level. I think Walker and Hogard have big games on Sunday. And if they do, I worry about Nebraska's ability to keep up.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. And it's a particularly tough matchup, but it is. I mean, it's Michigan State. You're supposed to, it's kind of like when you played Kansas in the Big 12, you're not supposed to have the matchup favorites. You just got to find a way to grind it out and, and get a victory, and Michigan State, as we've seen this year, especially you know the first game, um, they they can go through shooting slumps of their own. So you mm-hmm. make sure you, you you're playing good defense, uh, you know hand down, man down. You got to You got to make it tough on Michigan State as much as you can uh, on those guards, on those shots. And again, it, it's kind of is that grind it out, and that's that's where you that's what I'm a little bit worried about. Is when you when you're playing up, when you're punching up. You've you know you've got to win the hustle points. You've got to win the, the you know the loose balls. You got to win the rebounding, the mm-hmm. boxing out, and that's exactly what melted down against Minnesota. So maybe because the maybe because you were so poor at it and so bad at it the previous half um, of basketball that you played, the emphasis will be there, and maybe that can help them get to a, a jump start, especially mm-hmm. in the first half. Um, but this is uh, you know this is a forty minute game, and mm-hmm. that's where Nebraska kind of failed to, uh, to play against Minnesota. Michigan State's going to be a step up from that, um, so I mean I agree with you. I, I don't I don't think it's a great matchup. I don't think that Nebraska necessarily feels like in a position to win this game. Um, but again, I think that that can kind of help if they do or if they do turn around. I mean, change the narrative uh, of what this is, and, and, and in the very least, put up a fight against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I, that you know you're kind of in a situation there too, where if, even if you don't get the win, if you can lose by eight or nine points or less. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's a step up from what we saw against Minnesota.
1: Uh, We'll end the segment with this from 0486 on the Heyman text line. If you have any thoughts, 402-464-5685. 0486 says, I'm sort of puzzled with the idea that you guys have with a non-athletic roster. I think it's better than it's been. What makes us say this? Yes, it's better than it's been. Yes, every single one of those guys is a better athlete than I ever have been, or will be in my life. Probably not as good as Bach. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. But better, better than me, at least. But I say that because... Let's just think about the guys on Nebraska's team. And there are a lot of different ways to judge athleticism. But I'm talking about speed. I'm talking about leaping ability. I'm speaking of change of direction and quickness. That, that just pop, right? Casey um, Tominaga is a little herky-jerky, has some good change of direction, but he, he's a smooth... Type of guy. Bryce Williams can dunk. Maybe not the fastest guy in a straight line, can still get beat off the dribble, not the quickest feet, not the most explosive hips. Jamarcus Lawrence, fast in a straight line, but you don't see that same intensity with the footwork and the quickness to to poke many balls out on defense. He's not a stopper at the point of attack. Juwan Gary's athletic. Like he's probably the best athlete on the team. He's got that, that speed. He's got that run and jump ability. Alec has some leaping ability. Pretty fast, but looked outmatched by Ola Joseph and Payne. Um, Rink Mast has good footwork for a big man, is, is definitely quicker and more mobile for his position than like a Zach Eady, but not necessarily, again, at that Ola Joseph or Payne level, not at Matty Sissoko's level, not at Julian Reese's level from Maryland, I don't think. Sam Hoyberg, I think, has some of that pest in him, but his size is a bit of a limitation. And it, it bears out in, in these ways 0486. Nebraska doesn't beat a whole lot of guys off the dribble one-on-one, still gets beat off the dribble one-on-one. Nebraska doesn't block a lot of shots despite being in position. Um, and there's just not that that lockdown defender. There's not that, that pop, that burst all that much. If Nebraska was more athletic, they'd be in more passing lanes. They'd be up tighter to guys um, not scared of them being able to drive by them. You'd see more... You know, pick and roll with a lob to Josiah Alec or Jawan Gary that we haven't seen a lot of. So yes, Nebraska can be more athletic than it has been, but there are certain elements that are missing that just don't come into play for Nebraska as much as they do for some other teams in those important ways.
2: Yeah, no, I'd, I'd completely agree with you. It's it's not it's not something that's going to hurt them every matchup. Um, you know, they're. It's not they don't come across as overly unathletic or anything like that. Um, But it's just like you said, just not a whole lot of pop and how it kind of plays throughout. You know, you watch a game Um, and that's fine. Like you can be a good basketball player without overwhelming athleticism. But I was just you got to
1: be especially
2: skilled. then. Right. Right. And and I but I was just like I I was just tweeted out about this because I saw uh, Trey McGowan's dunk. Just dunks. Nebraska doesn't have a whole mm-hmm. lot of dunks. Like, Trey McGowan's would go in and absolutely gam it. Trey was an athlete. Bryce was smooth. Right, right. And so, but, you know, you, you just kind of thinking I was thinking about, like, the best dunkers of all time at Nebraska, and Isaiah <laughs> Robey came to mind and, and you D-B-O-K-K know... KK yeah, could get up. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's some, there's some names. Uh, uh, so it's kind of fun. Kerry Cohorn was, was t- texting <laughs> me about some of the names, because I left off some of the older <laughs> names, which is fair. Um, like but, Eric
1: Strickland. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like
2: Strick. Uh, but... I mean, it's pretty clear you don't have one of those guys. And and so, I mean, comparing Nebraska's athleticism at time to past Nebraska's athleticism <laughs> for the teams isn't always a great idea. There's been years in the mid-2000s, I think, when they didn't have a guy that could dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he <laughs> kind of moved on past that. And, I, and of course, I'm joking a little bit. But um, it's not the most unathletic like, group that Nebraska's put together or anything like that. It just it doesn't pop at you. So, I mean, there are going to be matchups where... They have an athletic edge, but it's never going to be – it would seemingly be difficult unless you're playing a very bad non-con team to be, like, overwhelming – like, your athleticism is overwhelming the opposer team.
1: 0486, you are welcome, and you are now the Virginia Pirate. That is your text name for your request. (laughs) Thanks for texting in. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you want to be like the Virginia Pirate and be a part of the show, you can at 402-464-5685 or on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter – drop a comment. We'll see it and get to it as necessary. We'll talk some more hoops. We'll talk plenty of college football and more as we continue on the block. He's Jake bokoven I'm Austin Norman. This is on the block brought to you by Mary Ellen's on 93.7. The ticket.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end. And credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it